Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff. Call, sorry, Colin McDuff. I've forgotten how to, how to say my own name. That's what life without Rangers is to you in this international break. Um, here to you know keep me on the path of speaking English. First of all, I returned from his holidays. It's Sean Andrew. Good to see you, mate. I don't know what you're on about, Colin. I'd just like to state that there was... I'd, I'd like to put the room to bed... The rumour that I went to Paris with my girlfriend is a complete and utter lie. It didn't happen. And anyone that says it did happen is lying. But yeah, I had a good time. It was a good time. I think we really need to add context for the Spotify listeners that you had a, a massive Mickey Mouse hand. Um, yep, and Butlin's you're not glove. just... Butlin's glove, aye. Yeah. Um, Good to have you back, mate, and we won't comment on that accent that you've got, the wee French twang that you've had since coming back. Um, joining us from the Deep South, Mason, good to see you as always, my friend. Yeah, good to be on, Colin. Um, I think last time I was on, um, things were looking a little bit better, but after the last few weeks, it's, it's picked up even further. So I think it's the first time we've had an international break for a long time that I didn't really want, want to come. So uh, that's a, a good start. I know it's amazing how I'm just looking forward to getting back into the into the swing of things. Whereas last time I was hoping the international break would be indefinite with the way things were going. But no, how things can change over a month and adding an air of class into proceedings tonight is Davy P. How are you? I'm not sure that's true, Colin, but I'll do my goodness. No, I'm good to be back and uh, international breaks. The, the wee silver lining to this particular international break is that I think Big Phil will be uh, getting some time on the training ground. So that's pretty much uh, hopefully can cement you know some of the, the stuff that he's been banging into their head. So no, more of the same. Uh, looking forward to you know, seeing the, the results of that. I think it's we're showing signs of progress, which we uh, we've been short of you know from the from the summer to, to this point so it certainly picked up as, as Mason's just said it certainly picked up so keep going in that direction we're uh, trending yep and here's hope the trend continues and it's not just a fad um and last but not least hello to all the listeners watching live on Facebook YouTube and um and Twitter, um, get your comments in as always. Um, it's good to hear what you have to say about the talking points. So, the talking points tonight, um, it's we don't really get to ask the bigger questions because so much happens in um, in such a short space of time at Rangers when we cover these games. It's we, we usually run out of time, uh, covering covering one game and an hour, never mind the first two games on. So, I think it's a good time to. Be able to look at the some of the questions posed of the financial results that were posted on Tuesday there, and before MD switches off, we're not going to run through line by line the accounts. Um, but I think it's you know probably a good time to put in context some of the what happens in the next year, the next two years, the next five years. Where does the money go? Um, Headlines, Andrew, where really Rangers' overall revenue was down slightly. That's mainly because we did go into the Champions League, but we had less European games um, than the year before. We had less coming in for the player trading model for the year before. But the operating um, 
operate, operating profit was up. Um, it was a profit of 252 grand. Um, it's first time in a long time we've reported an operating profit. What's your initial thoughts on it and jumping out that you're worried or happy about? Well, I think we all know the reasons why. Because they released this nice new Glasgow-themed Castor quarter zip. And it's they've skinned me, so I'm surprised if nobody else has been skinted by it. So, I mean, they certainly give you opportunities to spend your money, don't they? Um, yeah, I suppose it is good. Um, as, a, as the kind of person here who grew up with, uh, what do you want to call it, post-EBT depression, shall we say. Um, it's good to see that we're, we're, we're maybe not being as careless throwing about the money and not having to dip into the, the bank like you might in Monopoly when you're cheating. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's it's something I was, I was actually thinking, when is it due? Because there's always the, the talk. I mean, we always see it. Rangers could win the Champions League and they'll still say that we're a week away for administration too, you know. Um, but yeah. I mean, I, I, no, no big kind of surprises to me. I mean, I don't want to say business as usual, but when you when you you, you see them at zeros added on to the end of numbers for the Rangers accounts, but um, yeah, but we're 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 holding our financial status. Mason, I'm probably the same view as Andy. Well, it's you know, um, it's the accounts are fairly boring this year, which is a good thing. There's nothing to up nor to down, which I, um, you know, living living through the the EP, EBT years and then what happened afterwards. Um, I'm all for that. Um, I think it's some slight steady progression, which is is good. That we're seeing we're relying less on boardroom investors um just giving the soft loans and bailing us out left right and center yeah as i say quite hard to to read these because i'm not a financial expert so he's kind of you know listen to, to i'm curious why i was quite one to, to listen to sort of break it down but we are in a in a good position again as you boys said nothing really standing out um you know there that, that surprises me good to, glad to see john bennett point out that the player trading model needs to improve uh, that that's the big one, um, and I think these accounts again, obviously next year, um, uh, and, and you know without really selling any any you know a big a big player if you like for, for a lot of money. Um, so yeah, nothing really stands out, but we are in a, we are in a strong position um, still. I know a lot of football clubs would would love to be turning over the money that, that we are, albeit you know we, we obviously plan in a league where. It's difficult for us, um, and, and you know, you look at the. We said it. I've said it many a times. That TV deal really does hold us back. So, Edmiston House and and any other way we can we can get money in is gonna gonna be massive. And, and to be fair to the board and, and Bizgrove, they're, they're doing what they can in, in that part. So all positive for me. No, nothing really. I would I would pick out. You know, as negative. Speaking of turning over money, um, that's Cammy K being a member for eight months and the gallant view has just popped up. Um, so you, for eight months, he's been paying a pound a month to get extra content listeners. Um, you can get a new show Monday to Friday every every week. Um, so just a, a massive shout out to Cammy. He's one of your moderators as well. Thanks for supporting the, the page for so long. Um, and everybody else who's, there's a few others we've got. Um, we've got Teddy Bear and I think Aldo's on as well. Um, long term long-term supporters. 
Davey, um, before we come to the questions, then uh, Mason makes a point about the TV deal and you know we're in the backwater of Scottish football. It's interesting enough that Man City's um, accounts were posted this week as well, and their operating profit is more than every Scottish club combined twice over. Um, it does just put things into perspective where we are in world football. Yeah, I think there's there's always a a case for relativity you know with accounts as to how you're doing with the clubs who are your immediate competition so you can see that there's there's probably only that other lot you know in, in terms of competition for for rangers being the richest club i think obviously with the the ebt you're setting us back which i think we're still coming out of that because uh, i think being at the, the edge of the abyss uh, you know in 2012 we've uh, we've made a steady improvement year on year. I think we will continue to have to attract, you know, serious investment, you know, to kind of backfill money that we would have got had we had a proper TV deal. So, but the the overall uh, turnover is, is is just a slightly up in last year, but I think the I think our ability, the commercial revenue is the bit highest it's ever been. And, you know, Andrew's just pointed out one reason why, you know, because Rangers have been, got a whole load more creative, you know, under James Bidsgrove, you know, when he was commercial director to uh, squeeze money out of us. And, you know, so I think it's the, the player trading model, though, is the one that we have to crack, because I think that would be a, a massive difference, you know, that we're, we have a, a steady turnover, you know, something akin to, to Ajax. Or Brighton would have to be the, the new you know, benchmark for us, you know, in terms of the, the players, the players that they've sold and, and they continue to just uh, attract talent is, is probably the where we want to be. You just look at the, those guys and you're, you're envious, you know, of the sums of money that they've generated from players that they've sold and then they seem to replace them with uh, with like for like, you know, and, and, and flog them on at a later date. So uh, I, I think it's something that we have to improve on, hopefully with Philip Clement now uh, in, in position and a director of football soon to appear that's something that we have to you know get off the, the manager merry-go-round get some stability into the club get the structure in place for us to get this player trading model thing to work because that the, the, the sources of revenue that are to be gained there are, are massive compared to uh, anything that we could get in Scottish football so if we can crack that one we'll be uh, we'll be well on the way so you've mentioned there, David, I'm going to stick with you for the first question then. I've got a couple of questions for each of the guests to answer in turn. I'll give you all a, a crack at um, the first answer each. Um, so everybody gets a, a crack at just copying the person before as well. But David, you've mentioned uh, uh, the onus on the, the work continuing with the commercial side of it and it is one of the, the pillars that um, James Bisgrove and John Bennett laid out you know we've got the four pillars of making Rangers successful financially is European football, player trading um, commercial deals and you know fan support so my gels probably falls into the bracket of the last two um, I want to get everybody's thoughts in my jail. So with the accounts, uh, you know, the positive is that we are still trending in the right way. The 
the the negatives if you do pull any is that we're still behind Celtic in terms of revenue um, and revenue revenue off the pitch does mean investment on the pitch. I've heavily criticised my jails on this pod and at the last fans CEO forum, um, I I criticised it again with the mic in hand and don't get me wrong, I was I was shaking like a shitting dog um, in front of James Bisgrove, but I, I, I've always I've always felt it's been a tax. As my jails here to say, David, and you know, if if they, if we do change, if we do get that date, what's that mean for the club? Or do we actually need to go further into the kind of membership scheme to in, increase the, the turnover for the club? Well, I mean, I don't subscribe to to my jazz myself. You know, I think just as you do, I think it's that it's just a, a tax on your season ticket. But you would have to say they've sold tens of thousands of them. There's a a system in place, you know, loyalty, you know, where people who spend more, you know, have a better chance of getting tickets. So, I mean, is that commercially sound? You would you would have to say yes because Rangers are making making money out of it. You know, is it is it ethical? I don't know if that's probably the correct word, but you know that they're just ringing us dry. And and I suppose you know that's the, the you know in a commercial world, that's what, what they ought to be doing. We should be a uh, you know milking us until the pips squeak, as they say. So, no, I think uh, it's not a bad thing that there's a, a some sort of loyalty recognition, you know, in terms of ticket distribution, because I think you know for nine nine people out of ten. That's pretty much why they sign up to my GIRs. It's just access to, you know, you know, tickets. It's the the gold members, you know, are cock a hoop and they look on the rest of us as trailer trash. But, but you would have to say that they've stumped up for that because you know they're the guys who buy the away tickets. They'll buy anything, you know, with Rangers on it and eggs with RFC stamp. You know, so it's uh, you, you would have to say that it's. It's probably not a bad thing that they should be rewarded for that if they're going to be stumping up their money in terms of you know ticket allocations and things. So definitely, I'm I'm in principle I'm thinking you know all the Rangers supporters should be equal, but but that's just that's la la land stuff. You know that's some sort of socialist utopia that I'm anchoring after. It's a it is a commercial world, and, and I think the Majors simply reflects that. So. People pay it, so and Rangers make money out of it. So is is that necessarily a bad thing? So, Andrew, I think Davies articulated very well the the benefits of against the Rangers, and obviously it, it's probably sound hypocritical when I'm saying I want Rangers to be more financially competitive. Um, but my just I get the idea that the more money you spend, the higher up you go um, in terms of loyalty points. I think that's right. I don't think you should have to pay for that privilege. Um, I think if you're going to, you know, I think you should be able to, you know, just pay for what you can afford and get get the return. People are still got to got to pay the money. I think. Um, yes, we might not make as much off a one-off um, investment, but I do still think more people are likely to buy a top if they don't need to buy a, a MyJers membership. What I cannot get on board with is. You need to have a managers membership to to be on the waiting list for a season ticket. So Cami, one of the listeners, he's just said that there. He has to be. He's have to subscribe to managers to be it. So paying fifty pound a year just to. 
be in the waiting list to get a season ticket. That can't be right, can it? I mean, but it's business, isn't it? That's that's one of those things. Um, and I, as David Peace, in an ideal world, you know, it's 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 nice that you can we think that, but football's become a business. It's we we don't need to hint at that. It's that's an obvious thing. Um, the key thing that the finding out in that was when we decided to do that NFT for a year. That that told you that. There's a significant amount of people on our board who are just business people. They're not football men, they're business people. Um, I, I think that, I, ideally, yes, I think that's, that's not, not that I doesn't put it in a good light. You have to have a major subscription to go onto the waiting list for a season ticket. Um, that being said, that I, I pay for me and my dad's my jars in a way that because obviously I'm only 21 and was studying at uni and only now have a full-time job that I'm fortunate enough for my dad pays for my season ticket and I chip in the majors um, for the season and I, I mean I don't really see a lot of the rewards um, to be fair I don't as I said I don't look into the season ticket purchasing things I don't look into how you go about doing it because I simply don't I can't afford it so it's it goes above me um, but you tell me you're not happy with your wee gift box you get at the start of the season I love it it's great I like how they really tuned into the some of the you know the hardcore element of the support and they gave a a, a metal bank card shaped uh, plaque which can be used for one thing and one thing only as far as I know um, I'm sure many are Many an away day bus toilet go battered with them. Um, but no, I still don't think that wee box justifies it. There you go. You you've got, got all the show tell tonight, Andrew. I got man. I, I this is this notepad is my first podcast I wrote down in this note this notepad about uh Ross Wilson's failings as a director of football. There it is there are our, our signings for the, the Ross Wilson director of football tenure. Right now, as preparation for the first podcast, the Gallup View. This there thing is go. a piece of Gallup View history, ladies and gentlemen. Frame it and sell it on for a fortune in years to come. Mason, last words on my jazz for you. Where, where do you see? I, I'm not naive enough to think it's going to go away, but do the club need to review it and at least, I don't know, make, make changes to the, the sub- subscription of it? <clears throat> see, it's, it's a hard one for me to answer because I'm like, not like you boys every week, able to go to games and and you know, desperate for a for a season ticket and to go to all the away games and, and club games, etc. So, you know, I'm a member, but I, I don't, I, you know, get tickets through through it. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's you, you'll go to the West Ham games and then watch Rangers when you can. That's that's what it is. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. <laughs> um, I get dragged to West Ham, but but yeah, it's, it's a hard one. But we need to, you know, as Davy said, we need to fill a gap. Um, you know, as I said, going back to the TV, the club need to fill a gap, and, and you know, especially where the other side of the city have got a big, bigger stadium as well, and and, and they've got, they can get more revenue. That, that's what's holding us back as well. So, do I blame the do I blame the board for it? No, I don't. But again, it's easy for me to sit here and say that where I'm, I'm not trying to get season tickets tickets for for every game. So. I'll, I'll have a different opinion. I think that it's something that, that has made the football club obviously a, a lot of money. Um, and, and that's something that obviously Bizgrove brought in to, to try and, try and you know, as I said, try and get more more revenue in that way. But um, 
yeah, look, as I said, I can understand that, that I've seen it on Twitter. Many people moan about it and, and can't stand it, and, and I can understand that as well. You know, I think we can summarise it by just me admitting I'm a tight-ass bastard, you know, that's, um, that that might be it, um, don't want to fork out, but um, no, I don't think, as I said, I'm not naive enough to think it's really well away, um, I think they have made changes to it um, over the last couple of years, um, maybe as it develops, because it is still quite a new thing, yeah, it's a new thing in football in general, I know a lot of the clubs down south will, will use it too, but uh, I suppose we'll wait and see, but you can't deny that the impact has had in the finances. Um, I don't know. I don't want people to, um, to misunderstand the meaning of that. Obviously, we've not won enough trophies um, over the last few years, but I think that's because we've been poor with our decision making of the money. It's not really with how, the, how we've generated money. So, only a bit of a sexier subject then the player trading model. Mason, I've got to start with you. Um, the player trading model has started and stopped, then started again and stopped again. Um, we've had a couple of really big sales. Um, Nathan Patterson, Calvin Bassey, even Joe Aribo was decent money that he went for, even if he was criminally undersold. But still, if that was part of a bigger picture, a bigger cycle, it would have been a decent decent turn. Um, we've not been consistent enough with that. And John Bennett says this has to be systemic success and see the one-off wins. So we we do need to accept it will be a fact of life that the players are going to be sold. Um, players who we don't want to go are going to be sold. Who's the next big sale in this current Rangers squad and how much do they go for? If, if you're asking me right now, um, I would say Danilo looks like he could be the one that potentially could could be the, the next big sell. Um, and I know that's sort of sad to say, really, because he's just got fit and he's getting better and better each week. But um, in terms of how much, that's that's really, really difficult to say because we need to learn our lesson from the, the Morelos and Kent situations where the money that we come in at the time, where many of the support, probably 80% of the support said that's not enough. And then the, the both players quickly devalued, and we ended up letting them both go for for nothing. So, um, we you know that's where the ball needs to be good. They, they and at times the supporters we're not going to like it. You know we're not going to like one of our best players being sold for I don't know depending what they're contracted and, and what it is. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And every football club's the same. Don't get me wrong. But again, the league we play in it, it, it's, it's a must for us. And and what we need to do is. You know, coming back to, I think Davey mentioned Brighton earlier, but don't panic. You know, if we do go and lose one of our best players, it's a blow. But, you know, we've lost some top quality players over the years and we've done just fine after. But what needs to be right is that recruitment after. You know, it's just like a cycle. You lose a top player, right? Where's the next one coming through? And um, our recruitment in the last couple of years has been has been awful for the, for the money we've spent and the outlay. Um, I'm hoping that the new manager comes in and he can get you know the most out of, of this current group. I still think Todd Campbell's still got a lot more to offer, and I think that he could be one that quickly, you know, with his age, could be going back to the Premier League quite quickly. But he's got you know he's got a long way to go before that happens. But which will upset a lot of support. But if it if it gives us a good financial outlay that someone we spent a million pound on, then we can go and find the next one. That's what we've got to do, and it, it just needs to be that that cycle. And uh, but yeah, look, as a support, you just want to build on 
on on the your best players. But you know, Gerard tried to do that, and it was it was you know it was come back to haunt us. That is such a such a big point about Kent and Morelos. We kept them, you know, and we all ranted and raved about it at the time. Um, but it maybe was a bit short-sighted. Um, you mentioned the recruitment has been terrible the last couple of years. How we've let this squad age has been terrible as well. And I think, Davey, the, I think the key to it is make sure that you don't have to have a fire sale every four years um, and you rip up the squad. I think it is, you know, one or two, maybe three at a push, key players gone, but you already have the, the backfall ready there. The, um, you know, the, the younger players who can maybe come in and, and move into that role. And obviously you, you bring maybe two or three key players in um, each year as well. Same question goes to you. Um, who's the next? Where's the next big player? Sale got to come from. Uh, I think the only one, the only standout we have at the moment that we could cash in on would be Jack Butland. I would think. So as he would, uh, I think with the season he's having, you know, in the, uh, I think he's the only guy that we would look at, you know, and say if we could quite quickly cash in and get a fair lump of money. I mean, the rest of them would be. Uh, I don't know, smaller numbers, there's been be less attractive. Because Jack Butlin's clearly still got plenty in the tank in terms of the, his career. And, you know, with the performance he's been turning in, clearly he's a, he's, he would not be out of place in, in an English Premier, Premier League club. So I think Jack Butlin would be the obvious candidate. Would we uh, would suffer that and go for Ross McCrory? Uh, I think we, we, we probably would have to. It's, that's just the, that's where we are in, in in the food chain at the moment. So uh, in terms of younger players, you know, I think, you know, someone's just mentioned Alex Lowry, but Bailey Rice, I think, you know, Ross McCausland is, uh, you know, get by a few, you know, a season under his belt, you would say, could we attract you know, five, six, seven, eight million, which in terms of the English Premier League is, is absolutely nothing at all. I mean, that they've spent three times that for players, you know, to play, to go to their academies. And, you know, we uh, Diallo, and you know who's who'd gone for funny money, who came up here, and I mean he's obviously doing quite well at Sunderland, but you know the, the sums of money that these guys were getting were moving about for, we can only dream about. So I think it's it's there's got to be stability, and there's got to be the, the the structure in place for us to produce a conveyor belt, you know, of, of of talent. We haven't had that the last three years, you know, because we keep changing the manager. Coaches out, coaches in. You know, it's the whole thing's been in turmoil. So we need to get something more stable in place. You know, and I'm hoping that that's been put in place now with a director of football, and in, in, in terms so that the first team coach, every time we change the first team coach, we, we shouldn't necessarily have to rip the whole thing up and and, and start again. There's, there should be something that is. Said, you know, the board have said there's something systematic, systemic, you know, that's in place which will carry on and we can yank it. We can take the first team coach out of there and replace them with another one without burning the house down. So that, <clears throat> we've really got to get something more stable in place and and, and so that it's a, a whole lot more structured than it, than it has been so far. That's my, my observation of it all. But I think it's something that, you know, is <clears throat> the two names that have been mentioned, Ryan Kent, Morelis, that 
we, we should have uh, we should have sold at, at the high water mark, and and you know we would have got double figures for each of those guys, and 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 the, the supporters have to buy into this because it, as as I said, it's where we are. So. They're the obvious two examples. Um, Kent and Morello said at that time we were talking about 15 to 18 million for Dwayne Kamara. We were talking about Conor Golson going at the height East Pebbles, James Tavernier as well. That we had a lot of sellable assets, and it was great as a fan. The wee boy and me were keeping all these players, but <laughs> three years down the line, and I'm thinking, well, what could we have got for that money? Yeah, well, that, and that's where we've got to, uh, you know, take a, a, a like a cold-hearted look at it and say, no, it's time to cash in. I know we're going to be sacrificing goals, but we've got someone someone in the pipeline who's going to replace those goals and uh, the next big thing, because all those players have now gone and, and here we are, we're still we're still doing it, we're still you know operating, albeit what did we miss it, what would we have missed out on had had we sold them at the time? You know, I, I'm not sure it would have been too much, so I think we just have to be... Uh, about two years worth of stress, probably. Yeah. Coming on that as well, just just a quick point. I think it's important as well that the time that Morelos and Kent at that 55 season were absolutely flying, the time to sell. People you know, around Europe were, were talking about, about them too and saying how well they were doing. It's important that we sell at that time and not the time that we got to last season where you're watching both of them and they look half, not even half the player that they were, you know, walking around in old firm games and people are going, what, look, what's happened at them two? And then the people are, you know, football, people in football are saying they've spent too long in Scotland, they've spent too long at Rangers. So you want to be at that end where people are talking, you know, going, they're the height of the powers. We said them because what it does, it builds that reputation. Because that's, that's what Brighton and Brentford have done at the moment. It's just a reputation. They're getting in players, making them better, sending them on. And then players again, I want to go there because they're going to make me better. So, so I think that's that's an important one as well. Mm. As, and, I, and I hate to say it, and Andrew, I'll, I'll bring you in that across the city they've done that as well. Um, they, it's like they hype up their own players, they've got the puppets in the fucking media who will hype it up, and they do it to a lesser extent. But you do, you do need to be doing this. Can, can, consistently to get that recognition and that's part of the it's a double-edged sword like the one year that you don't do it you don't you don't only lose out in the money but you lose out in that that reputation piece as well um we've we've had um danilo and jack butland as the next big sale predictions who are you going for well i like the mason also brought up the cantwell can still be that that kind of high sale um, I, ha- I have it in my head that it's that that dream aligning that you know we get Cantwell after the on the back of a few rough years in his career, he comes up here to rebuild his stock. I mean, watch Mason Mount down. We'll see him in three years' time. Um, but you never know. Um, I'm only kidding. Um, one of the comments I seen that we popped up was Scott Wright could be that player. Um, I think from what we've seen of Scott Wright recently. He certainly has hit in form. I'm not saying that you can you can be a, a, a real good uh, sale for us, but I like I'm seeing it more as the it could be any players in this team if Clement can get the best out of them, is then you, you need to cash out. You need, you need to move them on. The, the, the gaffers get rose their stock to a level that we see is maybe above what we expected we could get from, them, and that's when you just need to go gone. We move on. We we 
we should have lists of players per position that we think are acceptable. You can come into Rangers, do a job, rinse, repeat. And we need actually that was the one thing I seen. We need to be proactive about our recruitment. It shouldn't be a a Kent's gone. It's the summer window. We need a winger. We should be going. He's at a contract that year. He's at a contract that year. We could maybe. How much is he going for? How much? We, we need to be on this. You need to be on it because there's no point in half-assing it. If we're going to go for the player trade model, you need to be all in or all out. It, it's one of those things. Yeah, you might take a couple of. It didn't really work out. You can cut your loss now. That, that it happens. Not every player comes into a club and is a success. The good players come into clubs and fail. I mean, <laughs> you said about the, the club across the city. They, they, they seemed like they could they could sign every player from Japan and they'd be a star. That's not true. They've had players that, I mean, Iwata was, was brought in. He doesn't seem to hit the ground running. Kobayashi was supposed to be the next star centre-back for Japan. Doesn't make the bench. He's injured, you know. You're going to take, you're going to make losses. You're going to maybe not get the hype. You're not going to get that value that you expect from players, but that's part of the game. You need to keep, you need to be proactive again. I hate, I hate repeating myself, but that's part of the process. You can't just have one loss and you, you can the whole system. Then you're back at ground level. And you need to start a whole different game, scouting for a specific type of player. You know, it's it's this needs to be something that we commit to. I think, I think you're you're right there, and we do need the marquee sale every eighteen months at least. I don't think it has to be every summer, but in between those marquee sales, we need more Charlie McCann's going. So Charlie McCann cost us fuck all to bring through. Um, he was a decent enough player, but there's there's dozens of Charlie McCanns that came through Ibrooks um or the training center, sorry, over the last six years, and there'll be another dozen over the next six years. Getting to a grand for somebody who didn't kick a ball, um, and we didn't think was the best of the best in our youth. It's an excellent bit of business. We've spoken about straw right there, we signed him in a free. If we get three, four million for him, right, just for example, look at what we got for Fashion Sakala. These are these they're no marquee sales, but they do build up, and we've not been good enough for that at all either. Um, and, and that is important just to get in that regular rhythm again. The Brighton model buy, buy low and sell higher than what he did. Um, not everyone will come off as a win, and we don't need everyone to come off as a win, we just need the um, we just need the, <laughs> the gains to outweigh the losses. So, sorry, Andrew, on your grunt, I, I think that's. The key thing is that, is that we need to learn from those mistakes because we talked about Kent, you talked about Morelos. They're the two big ones. Morelos doesn't actually seem that big a loss in terms of we only we spent a million pounds on him. Yes, we could add 15, but like if we, if we forget that and it's what we had in that last year, I don't think anyone have paid a million pounds for that Morelos in that last season. Whereas... For Kent, you spent seven million pounds. It was our second highest signing in the club history, and we let him go on a free. After and, and you still see it happened this week. You know, Europa League Twitter, Ryan Kent's magic night in in Germany. And it's like that's what we had on our hands, and we fumbled the ball. It, it we need to we have to be ruthless. And I know it's, it sounds horrible because, as, as you said, you know, having all these guys in the team and you're like, oh, we get so many star players. Our, our value per player is superb. Our, our, looking at transfer marks and seeing the squad value being so high, that's great. But 
give it a year, you don't cash out and that and that squad value then drops. Those players leave your squad and are free or they go past their prime, you know. It, it, it's just that's the nature of the game, but like the big teams, I, I look at you look at other sports, like dynasties and other sports only happen because the franchises are ruthless and selling when it's when it's the max you can get, sell, sell, sell. There's no time for emotion. It just needs to be bottom line is the main number. So I think you've been watching far too much succession, um, bringing out dynasties and that as well. But I do take your point, and it's getting that balance where you don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose the heart and soul of the football club just by chasing the numbers. I mean, look at what Arsenal have had for that return. Um, they've been financially amazing for the last years. Uh, Tottenham's an even better example, but how many silver fines do they have? Um, last question I want to pose to you, obviously, and Andrew, will stick with you, give you first crack of the whip as well. So in light of the the accounts over the last couple of years that we have spent more on the wage bill year on year, um, and again, I don't want him to like, misunderstand me, I don't think we've spent well enough in terms of who we've brought in, but the money, um, it, massive compliments and credit where credit's due to the board, the money is there for spending employers in both wages coming in. How we spend that is always a lot to be desired for. But now across as well, but we are still every year the league is a priority. First and foremost, we do need to go and win football matches. But we do need to start talking about longer term finances um, and longer term revenue. So we've got Edmondson House, which is what I bring in about a million pounds a year, which isn't it to be sniffed at. There's so much talk about Ibrox and redeveloping it and expanding the stadium, which sounds brilliant, but it doesn't happen overnight. Um, what do we take a hit on over the next year? What's more important? Increasing the wage bill and the money available for Philip Clement to continue the rebuild or focusing on the expanding the Ibrox to get more fans in? There's a million dollar question, but it's, it's the thing with Ibrox expansion is it's been toyed about and spoken about for so, so long. Have we actually got a plan in place that works? Because there's always the, it'll be the corners or no, below the pitch or, you know, it's, I don't think we've had one that actually is a standout like blueprint for the project. If it's, if it's going to be for the, if you're going to increase the, the playing squad, the, the the value of money you can give towards and bring in a better value of player in the hopes you can then play at the big table and, and cash out big, you know. Um, I think one thing I, I know we don't, don't talk about the other side of the city, but I wouldn't say, uh, it's a, it's a dis- the degree of is it. A realism needed, or are we at is it delusion? Because the press will say that they're maybe two or three signings away from qualifying through the group stage, the Champions League. It's like if you if you start to really put value into the team, and it will be a slow process because you know we 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 only just got rid of Deadwood last year. You know your the last game of the season, you get rid of guys who have been there for so long, but. The legs have gone. That they need to move moved on. You're at the, we're at the start of the, the 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 era, if you want to say, if you want to call it that. We're at the whole we're all the way back at square one again. Um, 
we could be back to square one again with if the signings we made in the summer are duds, which some people are still on the fence about. Um, it, it's just a case of, I think, to be honest, that I think if if your new admission house, rack, rack, bringing in that profit a year, I think that could be your your investment off the field. I think you have to kind of get on the field investment done first and getting into the Champions League group stage more consistently. I think that will really help us. <laughs> and that means that we don't bottle qualifiers. <laughs> and to do that, you need to kind of spend on the players. So you, you can progress into the group stage because you do that more consistently. You, you rack up the money. You can then keep going, keep going, keep bringing in new players and new players. And then if you do get by the, the group stage, then jackpot. This is, that's really good. That's really good for us. Given the fact that if the Europa League we want to go far, but if we can get into the group stage right as of right now, it's superb. If we can then take a step further, that would be dreamland. So, Mason, there's a, a few different uh, comments, a few different opinions coming through in the in the comments. Um, Cammy, you know, calling out that games are only selling uh, right now. Like, so why expand the season just now? Um, but my argument back to that would be that the season tickets sell out and there's only so many season tickets that you can sell out. Um, I'm firmly in the camp that the expansion of Ibrox has to be uh, one of the priorities um, and get more fans in. And again, I think the board have spent, uh, invested a lot of money uh, into the player, the playing squad, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like, soft loans and friendly loans, if you like, um, which have really supported us, and they have accelerated our growth. My issue is the idiots fucking spending the money, and that's a separate conversation. But I think keeping in the same trajectory on the field, we should be able to be competitive. I think long term, we need we do need to get more fans getting season tickets. There's the demand there. Back on like what you said about the player trading model, we need to go when the demand is high. Um, where do you come in on this? <clears throat> it's, it's a straightforward one for me. I absolutely agree with you that the Ibrox expansion needs to happen. Um, as a football club, 50,000, you know, a club like ours, 50,000 isn't big enough now. You know, I remember what 10, 10 15 years ago, used to brag that we had one of the biggest stadiums in, in Britain. Well, what are we now? Just about top 10 because everyone else is going. But we can. We've got the support to do it and it needs to happen financially. As I said earlier, we need to fill as many gaps as we can and, and, and stadium expansion is a, is a must. But if you're asking me right now what's more important, this football team getting back to top and getting back to winning trophies on a consistent basis, which we haven't done yet um, since we come back up, up through the leagues, that has to be the priority. I hope we've got the manager there to do it now. Um, and then we can go and do that and we can we can get, you know, Andrew said about the, the qualifiers there. Get well, we, hopefully we've got a proper manager to do to do that now. Now it's about the ball bringing in that sporting director and getting a team around him, a good recruitment team, and getting that built up first. And then getting a team on the pitch that's winning, because then we will get back to that player training uh, player training model when we're doing well and, and we're winning leagues and we're selling players, and then we can look at stadium expansion, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the priority for us now is to get back on top. And until we do that, I don't want us to spend any money on anything else. We need to get this this right because we've been it's been too long with our start at success. And, and we get success, 
everything else would fall into place and so would the support and the stadium etc well i'll remember that next time you're looking for an old firm ticket then um noted but um david i think it's a good point that mason makes and by, by the way i'm not saying that we don't spend any money um on players i think we continue spending the same money that there is budgets aside it's not it's not all or nothing um i wouldn't i wouldn't compromise any money put aside for infrastructure in the ibrox personally for additional you know additional player money because there's always going to be that need and i've made this point a few times we all have that there's not been a year in living memory that i know of where we've not said the league is a priority this year the league's always a priority winning the league is that's never going to change but these investors are only going to be around for forever uh you know who are supporting us over the next couple of years that's probably where i'm coming from and it's starting to look long term because again um 2012 has scarred me like many others where do you come in on this are you with um mason and andrew that it's more reinvestment in this squad, or would you be happy to see some money going to ibrox no i'm with mason and andrew we uh because i think we need to get it right on the pitch and then you know the the cash uh, we get the player trading model correct. We get the silverware, you know, coming to Ibrox routinely, as 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 we're used to. Then, you know, I think at that time we could then sit down and have a look at, you know, expanding the stadium because, what would it cost? I mean, that we're going to spend twenty thirty million pounds to get an additional five million pounds a year. So, the payback period for for these investments in the stadium could be uh, quite lengthy. So, because we don't have the money in the bank, it's going to have to be uh, borrowed, you know. So, I would I would concentrate the team. You know, it should be on the agenda, and it's something that we will need to attend to. But uh, from where we are at the moment, I would uh, I would get us back to the, get invest in the team, and uh, then other options become available to us. You know, with uh, you know consistently winning the league, consistently getting runs in Europe, then uh, the, the money. Will, hopefully free itself up, get the player trading model right, and hopefully we will generate the revenue that will allow us to take a longer-term view in stadium expansion. So it's not an immediate priority for me. Well, I'll just learn to know when they shut the fuck up then. That's three against one. I'm obviously wrong. And going by the comments and the um, comment section, you know, most uh, listeners agree with Matthew Guest. Um, a comment for Tyne Scotsman about the disabled fans, would that go with an expansion? Uh, so the work's already starting um, this season, or the end of this season, on the disabled areas, improving that. Um, and all the plans outlaid for possible expansion ideas would still make sure there's um, suitable disabled access and enough disabled access seats as well because I'm sure we can all agree that's that's been long overlooked for, for far too many years at Ibex and it's long overdue that that work's starting so good to see it on the go. That was all the questions that I had gentlemen. We are going to do a Q&A on Sunday um and there's a good few questions that are coming in for the listeners that um well maybe got to keep for a longer discussion on sunday but let's just kick start the weekend early andrew ryan kent 
He's you mentioned him about that glorious performance in Borussia Dortmund, and Ryan Kent has gave some of some of the the best um, attacking performances in the Rangers jersey over the last ten years. He's also gave some of the worst. Um, he's having a shite show in Turkey right now. There's rumours that um, he'd be open to a move coming back. Nate caveat those rumours with. They were printed in the Daily Record and uh, carry as much weight as my toilet paper. But the question still stands, would you take Ryan Kent back? I think we need a winger. That winger is not Ryan Kent. I would need an apology for his 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 downing of his tools. Um, I caught I think, off guard there. Uh, <laughs> I think, well, if you think it's bad that I need an apology from then you need to talk to the Rangers guys that want an apology just for the fact he never wore a suit in the last home game of the season. Um, I thought it was, an, it was a tidy fit, I'm not going to lie to you, but I suppose that's me showing my youth. Um, but I, it'd be different if, if it was like he was homesick, but he was doing really well in Turkey. But he's really not. <laughs> he, I mean, he... I remember seeing like somebody said it was like Ryan Kent twenty three twenty four highlights, and it was like a twenty second long clip, but it was just like a high high pitched music intro and a graphic Ryan Kent twenty, and it just ended because he actually hadn't done anything. Um, yeah, I can. I I remember seeing that. I seen that one English team and one Scottish team were interested in him. It's hardly going to be anyone outside. Is Celtic can afford them, and it's not going to be Celtic. Um, uh, they were trying to get him done under the terrorism act for fucking doing the gun, um, the, the gun <laughs> hand signal. So, um, just wait until uh, he brings his crocodile back. Say that Celtic terrorist, you know, there's an easy joke uh, to go there, which, um, yeah, I think it would be interesting to see the reaction if the Rangers. Gordon and it worked. Yeah, but just might really like him. I certainly don't, but you never know. Uh, it would be interesting, but not interesting enough that I want to go ahead with it. Um, Mason, I'm, I'd be shocked if you wanted to bring Ryan Kent back. Not a chance, Colin, not a chance. I've just gone through them comments and uh, <laughs> I don't think one person said yes yet. Um, no, nah, not for me. Chucked it like. Listen, I was I was one of the ones that was singing these praises as well, highly after um, after Seville, etc. And said, you know, I, I really didn't want him to go, but, but his performances last season, I'm just uh, no. I think Sharon makes a good point about Simmer, <clears throat> and uh, I know a lot of support want to sign Simmer, um, but <clears throat> excuse me, but I just think he's going to cost what Brown want too much money, um, and and to be honest, I like the look of him. I think he's he's done really well. Um, under Clement, but I, I think to start saying we should pay five, six, <laughs> don't be lovely ones with him, five, six, seven, you know, million. I, I think we, we we get a bit too carried away um, with, with a few performances. Simba's still got a long way to go. Um, he's done really well so far, but but um, but yeah, you know, to come back to the point, uh, Ryan Kent, no thank you. And Norm Morelos, I've seen Morelos in there as well. He's another one, no thanks. Davey, it's not often that we're all happy families in this podcast. We have a range of different opinions, but I'm guessing on the Ryan Kent subject, we are all aligned. Uh, do you see any reason we should consider bringing him back? 
Well, I'm going to surprise you here. I think I think it would be worth a conversation because it would be uh, get Ryan Kane in, in front of Philip Clement and then let uh, let the manager decide what the what he thought would be the best. So he knows he'll know Ryan Kane. He'll know what Ryan Kane capable of, what he's contributed in the past. You know, could he get a tune out of him? It would be worth the uh, because attitude is it goes a long way for me in terms of. Uh, any players that we should be signing. So I wouldn't say 100% no, but I would probably be about 80% no. But I think it would be worth a chat. That's me. Uh, is that sitting in the fence? Ah, that's, um, that's a bit of a politician's answer, that one. But no, I'll, 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 I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Um, Andrew, you were about to come back in. Yeah, I, I seen that on Twitter the other day and it, it's something that's kind of stuck with me because especially with the Morelos being chucked in the comments um, because it was talks he's not really doing too well in Brazil. Is there another team in world football that romanticises guys that we've let go? Like I, I get, I can understand like Nathan Patterson or Billy Gilmore because they would be superb players to have and they used to be at Rangers but like these guys down tools. They left. People they are still can... crying about Josh fucking Windas in the 19 goals, honestly. He scored at Wembley, you know, he, he, that says something. No, <laughs> he's still I, a prick. I, like, it's it's one thing to want, like, guys who are now worth 20 million to come back to the club. That's, you can be romantic about football and say Billy Gilmore will come back here when he's, what, 30 or something like that. But having guys who We've seen last season. It's not we're not talking like it's we've forgotten about it. They down tools. If they really wanted to be here, they would have put in the effort and we would have went, you know what, maybe they are given a new worth giving a new contract to. That's one of the things I always say about Michael Beale is I, if we see that he's he's what like a used car salesman was was Curry's old comment. He showed his, his business intelligence just to he kept Kent on the edge, thinking, oh, no, we might give you a new deal. Because when Beale came in, Ken's performances went through the roof. For, for like a week, a two-week period, he started scoring goals, which he didn't do. He, sh- he hit the target. And then I think it was a conversation that went, we're not giving you a deal. And he went, all right, then I'll take my ball, I'm going to go home then. Well... I don't think it's going to happen either way. Um, I do I do take the point maybe raised that Philip Clermont would maybe be able to get more out of him, but I don't think long-term he's easy answer because it's not a 21-year-old we're signing anymore. Um, and I'm glad to see most of the listeners agree. We're going to come to one last question then, and uh, I can't believe I'm actually bringing this up. Mason, I will let you present the arguments for... Um, I want to get all the Podders' thoughts on should Rangers sign Loris Shankland. I'm pretty sure you can gauge with my tone. I am firmly in the no camp. Mason, prove me wrong. It's a no-brainer. I think uh, Gordon uh, put it out a couple of others as well. Sorry if I've, I've missed someone else. I was a teddy bear. Um, yeah, for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Um, it, someone that should have been brought in the summer for me. 
Um, it's, it's not just because he's a, a Ranger supporter either. I've seen that one chucked about, but someone that does it in our league week in, week out. And I think there's more to his game than just the goals as well. I think, David, you said it before we come on tonight, but he's, he's, uh, his performance at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago, he was the best player on the pitch and he got hearts up the pitch. You know, he calls Golson and Davies all sorts of problems off the ball. And that's something that's been, that's been sort of, I think, branded in that he's not good enough. Part, you know, a player that comes comes alive in the box like like Trollak. But I think I think Chamberlain, I think if you, you give him the chances, he'll score the goals. When when's the last, you know, what has he got? Five goals in a year against against Celtic. How many you know, how many players that we've got in the last eighteen months scored that many many goals against them? I just think that there's there's definitely a snobbery towards Scottish players and it, and it frustrates the life out of me because we've done it with Lewis Ferguson um over and over. He's not good enough. He's telling his uncle, etc., etc. He's scoring goals in Serie A now. We can't get near him. So probably we're going to sign Lewis uh, Ferguson when he's 32 and he's out of contract and his career's done. Um, That'll be the score, I feel, Tainan. Yeah. 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 It'll be, it'll be that. Josh, uh, Josh Doyle's another one. You know, we overlooked him. We went and signed Rib Daniel almost for, for double the money when their players there ready to come in. And I said it in the chat tonight. Walter Smith would have signed these players. And, and, and successful Rangers sides always had players, Scottish players, and knew the league. And I, and I think when you look at it and you're comparing it, and I shouldn't really do that, but comparing it to Dessas or Shankland and, and the game on Sunday at 1 0 in 72 minutes, and we're sitting there going, we need to get a second year. Shankland would have killed that game at half time, we'd have had a hat trick. And that's what we need. And, and I hope I hope the manager goes in from in January. So there's my sales pitch for, for Donald Shankland. <laughs> a very passionate sales pitch at that. Um... I I I take the I take the point about the snobbery about Scottish players. We wrote it on with Lewis Ferguson, we wrote it along with Josh Doig. Um absolutely. So I do think and you know, great Rangers teams in the past have always been filled with Scottish talent as a core to know the game. I just don't think Lawrence Shanklin is the one we kick start this way. Um somebody's asked uh, it's Andrew McDonald actually, Dessers or Shankland. It's obviously Shankland over Dessers. That's a no-brainer. But just because Shankland's slightly better than what we've got doesn't mean he's Rangers class. I, I, I think you mentioned there about how he plays for Hearts and he's maybe unfair that we just call him a goal scorer. But I think he does come alive when there's space to play in and the Hearts are playing on the break. Um, and some of these better games have came against Rangers and Celtic and Hibs when teams are having a go. I don't think he's the type of player that's going to break down 10 men defence, Davies, uh, 10 men's defences, Davy, And the type of games that he would thrive in or his style would thrive in, they're playing it's in Europe against a much higher level. So just because he's better than what we've got, I think we should go in for what we need to know better than what we have, if that makes sense, Davy. I get can I get the point you're making, Colin? You know, that we obviously want to be aiming as high as we possibly can and we're kind of sub-optimizing if we go for the likes of Shankland. But uh, I'm having listened to Mason's sales pitch, I'm buying. I think we should bring uh, Lauren Shankland in. I think he would be represent cracking value. He's probably put another half a million pounds on the transfer fee by scoring for Scotland tonight. You know, and, and we had the option, we probably had a couple of options, you know, to sign Lauren Shankland and, and we've passed up on them. And I think you're right. I don't, I don't know why he would have represented. What did we pay for Dessers? Four, four and a half million? 
you know, and would we could we have just paid that to Hearts and but if, if the range of supports like we can give Hearts that sort of money. We've given it to some club, you know, Christ in, in Italy for for Dessers, have we not? So no, I don't get it. We got really four, get it as well. <laughs> four million quid, I think a couple of million pounds we'd have got it. I think we'd have had a far better player. Any time I've seen him play against Rangers for Hearts, he uh, he he kind of stands out for me. I think he's you know, technically quite good. He knows the road to goal, and uh, he can he can take the ball on a phone box. And, and I I just think he would be a uh, he can he can contributes with assists. What's not to like? I think uh, we, we would do it. It's going to cost us a few bucks now, but hey ho, it's going to be a it'll be far better value than than Dessers or Lammers for that matter. Andrew, that's probably what frustrates me. A big argument from people, and I'm not saying Mason Davy here. Big argument from people is saying, "Oh, but we paid X amount for Dessers just because we fucked up one transfer of money doesn't mean we spunk a load in, in another." Um, I, I don't. I think we need to get away from paying X amount to a certain club because if we pay an extra million to Hearts or Aberdeen because the Rangers tax is not really putting them up to Rangers or Celtic levels, no going it's no going to. You know, it's not as if we're giving money to our challengers. Um, if it's the right, again, we shouldn't be held over a barrel, but we sh- we could have done that with Lewis Ferguson, for example. I would have signed Kevin Nisbet, so I'm not opposed to signing Scottish players. I, I still maintain Kevin Nisbet's the better striker out of Nisbet and Shankland. Um, so I'm, I'm not adverse to signing Scottish players. I just don't think Shankland is the right buy. Um, I would love for Rangers to go and get him and for him to prove me wrong, uh, but I just don't see it. Where do you come in on it? Well, if you thought Mason was very, very far in the Shanklin camp, then you haven't met me yet. Um, I have the. I, I know. I'm, I would like to preface this by saying I don't know him. Never met him. He's not my mate. I don't. I've not got an agenda for him. But from living in Paisley, I, I obviously he was at Samaritan quite early in his career. He scored a good amount of goals for them when they were in the lower leagues, and then he kind of took a dip for a few years and. He kind of took his eye off the ball in the game and he really matured by all accounts and, and really stepped up his game and it progressed him Air United, Dundee. He got promoted, he then goes to Belgium. Didn't quite work, but that season for Bearshaw was shite. He comes back to Scotland with a vengeance. <laughs> I can't think of another word, a vengeance. And he, he, he's been superb ever since. Um, just looking at that now with the goal tonight across the league, an international game tonight, that's six goals in six games, and two of those games are against Rangers and Celtic. That that's that's what I'd like. That's that's a striker for me. I don't see it as let's have Shankland over Dessers. Are we forgetting Kemar Roof still at the club? You could take Kemar Roof's wage. Take that off the wage bill. And that's just I don't want to reference the Rio Ferdinand Oligon or Solskjaer club. Get the get the contract out. Let him write his numbers and get the deal signed. Shanky's at the wheel. See. Colin, just just last thing, last thing on it. See, I've seen a couple of comments. People saying not Rangers class. I can't understand what is Rangers class now. What, what, what? Do you know what I mean? What? I don't understand that. So, so I made I made the point, Mason, um, in the comments back to Andrew that I think Danilo's a Rangers class cycle. Um, I think he's more rounded. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no. I, I would, if you give me the choice between Danilo and Shankland, I'm, I'm going to go with Danilo. But 
we can't afford to keep buying five, six million pound. You know, did it, you know, Chris, as I said, I come back to the time, Chris Boyd, if we're going on Rangers class at the time, the support would have said Chris Boyd's not Rangers class. You know, with Dan O'Perso, Michael Moles was there from abroad and they're, you know, sexier, the way, things like that. So I think the Rangers class thing, uh, Kevin Thompson would never have been signed then. Stephen Whitaker would never have been signed. You know, Scottish players that, that come in and do a job, but wouldn't have been said Rangers class because they're not, from abroad and, and don't have that, that you know that different style. I, I can't understand that. So my argument back to that would be that they had better talent around them. So I think we are still at the stage where we need to improve in the talent. We are no also that as some players we can bring in and they will do a job or they will be able to do a job with better players around them. But I still think we are trying to raise the bar. Chris Boyd we signed and like we, we had Barry Ferguson, Steve Davis, Kevin Thompson behind them. We had the Marcus Beasley. We um we had Kenny Miller doing all the dirty work for them as well. Um so I think the talent was there and and Davey will come round everybody there as well. I, I think if we I'm pretty sure a couple of years ago when we had Morelos and Roof, I, I said I would have been open to the to the idea of Shanklin's as a third choice striker to come in and challenge him or Nisbet, providing it was too high. I just don't think Shanklin comes in and raises the bar. I think you'd do a bundle for us. I think we should just uh, give them a phone call, offer them a million quid in Alex Lowry, and uh, he'll be on the next train. Oh, that's a controversial thing. You can take my eyes, but don't take my Lowry. Oh. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, if Alex Lowry's, you know, from what we've seen of Alex Lowry so far, he's a decent player. Is would, would you trust him if you were in a trench room? Uh, I don't think I would. So I'll, I'll, I'll quite happily give them Alex Lowry. We'll give them a million quid, and it's a done deal. We don't have to pour out huge amounts of money. You can take uh, whatever the bulk of uh, Kemar Roof's salary is, because we'll be leaving shortly. So. Andrew, very last one, very last point for you, and I'm going to put you in the spot here. Providing that we don't uh, swap Alex Lowry for it, how much should should Rangers comfortably pay for Lauren Shankland? Well, from what from what I've seen, I think so. It's not his contract isn't up the end of this season, but it's up the end of next season. So depending on how ruthless you want to be. I think he's there for the taking, whether or not that is a pre-contract, because as, as we know, he's a Rangers man. I think, and it sounds horrible that we keep doing this to teams. I mean, I have no sympathy for the Aberdeen fans that we next Ryan Jack. I mean, John Suter was the Hearts captain and we played the pre-contract game and he left for a minimal fee. I think we gave him a wee back on position because he was a homegrown player. Um, But you could, you could play the long game and get him on a free. Or does the manager reckon... He can fit into my team. I'd like to have him here. And in that case, the board needs to listen to the manager because the manager, if he thinks he will get the best out of him. I, personally, I, I think he, we, we need to cash out. I don't think we should be playing the long game. I think we need to get him in. Because as we said, the kind of player training model earlier, I think as part of that, I don't think you have 11 guys constantly. That You don't have 11 guys of player training. You need to have core guys you need to have Rangers men if you want to say that I think if you get Lauren Shankland and you get him to the end of his career and he's the, he's, he's the core he's the you've lost a Davis who's a Rangers man 
you've lost a McGregor, you've lost an Arfield, you get a Shankland in, you know, that that's that's another Rangers man. You keep that kind of core values in your team for the next three, four, five years. He's only twenty eight. You know, I, I think you, if you get him now you can get him to the end of your, his career. So back to the question, how much? <laughs> one and a half million pounds. Mason, do we get him for one and a half million pounds? <clears throat> January will be tough. I know he's only got eighteen months months left, but listen, and if we if we're interested, he'll be desperate to come. I, one and a half might uh, we might have to go to two in Jan, but I, I, I'll do it. I think it's again two million pounds. That's not a lot of money. I'll do it. There we go. And obviously the. That this question really splits the opinion of the Rangers fans in the comments are um, no different. Um, it's going between three and a half million down to fifty p. Um, somebody would pay for them. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think that sums up their comments. But I think that will bring us to a close for tonight. Um, thank you to everybody who is listening and chiming in with the comments. Um, some really good, really good points there. If you do want more content, um, obviously we run our um, a members service um, one pound a month you can get up to uh, five shows five extra shows a week um, uh, Monday to Friday we'll do the daily news show it's usually a mixture of myself the two Davies Bill Steve um, you know there's a bit of a, a sub uh, fan club um, for the Gallas too the two Davies are the star of the show so for a pound a month you can join and get extra content if that's not your bag and you're you know a <laughs> An hour every uh, one hour twice a week is enough for you, even a wee like or follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast is much appreciated. So, all that's left to do is thank you very much to my three guests. Can I get a goodbye for the listeners? Um, starting with you, Davy P. Yeah, it's always good, Colin. I thrashing out the, the issues of the day, and uh, you know, we're all passionate about Rangers and, and what, what's best for Rangers. You know, opinions uh, will vary, you know, on issue to issue, but. We're all in it together. That we are, my friend. That we are. Good to have you back, Andrew. Thanks for coming on, as always. Yeah, it was a good time again. I, I missed it. Um, but, you know, I think it'll be 3-0 to the Jersey at the weekend. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the sooner the Jersey are back, the better. Uh, ban international break. Uh, I mean, it is, to be fair, it is quite nice for James, knowing that you've been the last two games of the Euro qualifiers, and you've actually got nothing to play for in a good way. But I mean, still, it's not enough for me to get fully committed. Give, give me my gels back. Thank you very much. <laughs> and last but not least, Mason, good to have you on as always, mate. Yeah, no, good to be on. Good to good to be back on. That was a good little uh, discussion there. I just hope the, that the listeners are ready for Davy Tomlinson's uh, Lundstrom New Deals question on Sunday because you thought mine was a passionate rant. I think you'll hear DDT go off on one, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, just for context of that, um, one sum I think most of us agree that has been uh, um, you know a fairly fairly positive. Um, <laughs> reincarnation on the front. Come on. In the uh, yeah. I know. Um woke up to Monday morning from a tirade for David T. Just unprovoked. <laughs> he must have been just sitting up all night throwing darts at his John Lundstrom poster. But um we'll keep that one for Sunday. Uh, um, as always, thank you very much for listening, folks. Take care. <laughs>